been a long day. After I did that recording, um, Adina saw two trucks over at the outhouse in the campground and mentioned it to me, and I didn't think anything of it. And then uh, I went down to the outhouse in the storm, a uh, rainstorm, and man, it's cold, hardcore. And the padlock was on the door, and I thought, okay, this this is just stupidity. There's one other homeless guy in a trailer in this, in the middle of uh, nowhere, wheat fields campground that was never busy. They only ever have maybe a slightly busy day on um, on Victoria Day or maybe a couple of other celebrations through the summer. It's just a non-existent, really nondescript campground. And that's why we were there, because it's free and not busy. Anyway, so I called, uh, what's it called? Um, wheat, wheat Fields? I don't know, the town of Wheaton or whatever it was responsible for the Severn Dam. And, uh, yeah, they just didn't give a rat's ass. So I called the, what is it, the government of Alberta. I said, you know, I'm not sure where you expect us to go. We, you know, we can't hover in the middle of the air. There's no legal place to park. And, uh, you know, Walmart's not playing that same game anymore. And they were going to look into it and never heard back. But anyway, um, what was interesting was it was on the worst day, and the and it was bylaw when I talked to... Uh, Wheaton County, or whatever the hell it is, anyway. They said that they sent bylaw because they can't afford to clean the two outhouses. And they never cleaned them anyway. They put toilet paper in there and hand sanitizer. And that's the extent of it. I think maybe, I don't know, at the end of the season they pump it out or whatever. But, it's I mean, it's nothing to it. Maybe they spray it with alcohol. I have no idea, but it's not an expensive job, I wouldn't think, for a town. Anyway, um, so... The bylaw, we were the only ones, they drove right by us, we were the only ones there, and they never even knocked on the van to say anything. They didn't say, you can't be here, they just locked up the bathrooms and took off. And I thought, well, that's that's not very neighborly, it's not community, it's not uh, compassionate, it's not anything. It's when you need to go to the bathroom, you bastards, you're out of luck. So, I, uh, what else did I do? I went across, I went around the lake to talk to the other guy that's there. We don't we didn't talk, we don't mix, he's a hardcore hermit, lives on the road. I uh, bumped into him once last summer. And um, so I said, look, we're taking off. The bathrooms are locked. And he said, where did you come from? And I, I said, right across the lake from you. You know what I mean? We, you can't miss each other. The only two people in the entire campground that are um, in clear, total clear sight of each other. And yet he didn't know where I came from. He didn't even know we were there. And then I, I started talking, you know, Dean and I were talking. I said, you know, it was odd that... During that Victoria Day celebration, two trucks pulled right in front of us, and the people got out and went to meet other campers. Like, our van is pointed to the lake, right in front of the lake, but we back we were a little bit backed up so that people could drive by. And uh, and there's no no end to the places to park. And I thought, she said, what are these people rude, or what are they doing? Right, They're not paying any attention. They don't care that they're literally, I'm just staring at them now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was staring at the the at the uh, pelicans and the birds. Now I'm staring at somebody's truck. And they're looking around. And, and anyway, so Adina, finally, she actually, I was out of the van doing something, and when I came back, she was talking 
to one guy who had just parked, got out of the truck and took off. So she walked over and said, you know, would you mind moving the vehicle a little bit out of the way because you're parked right in front of us? And he looked, he had no idea. He was looking around for us. He didn't even see us. And I'd seen this again and again and again at different times in this, in this um, journey, on this journey, in this ascension, where people didn't see me. And I've mentioned it a few times. I've mentioned different experiences. They just don't see us. They don't even know we're there. We're in such a high vibe, being disconnected from everything in a van, completely isolated, just us, um, healing, balancing, that, um, that we're just not in the same reality. And I know some people know exactly what I'm talking about, and some people think, that's well, that's really strange. But it's just observational, um, I don't know, feedback, evidence. I don't know how else to put it, but when I start to look at everything, I realize... Yeah, that's what it is. So the only other, it would be like two people at a great big Olympic-sized pool. One person is standing on one end of the pool, on the, and I'm not even talking the long end. <laughs> you know, One side of the pool, one person is standing on the other side of the pool. And one person walks around the pool, goes to the other person, said, hey, you know, I'm going to take off. They've locked up to the bathroom, this kind of thing. And that person said, where did you come from? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. So... It doesn't make sense that Bylaw drove by us and locked up the bathrooms and drove back out again and didn't say a word. Um, I can't remember the other... Th oh, yeah, waking up. Adina had her dream about the alien was really interesting. She was taken um, into a room of seven or eight beds, and there was, I think, did she say four great big huge lights? And she was in the room, and the beds were black, uh, let's say like hospital beds, but all black covers with four great big round lights. And she walked in and she said, I'm in the wrong room. It was for cancer treatments. And so she turned around and or to walk out and she was stopped by somebody. And then the four lights popped on and off four times. And it sounded like in a very intense MRI machine, I think it is, that sort of submarine sound, but very powerful. And then she woke up and she said, I'm cured. I did need, you know what I mean? I did need and uh, the treatment. And so this was like being in a remote place where you could get treatment. I had an alien experience and neither one of us can remember it anymore. It faded away. We also had other experiences that faded away where I just barely remember something that had happened and we realized that it's no longer part of our memories. Um, other than the fact that we're aware it happened, we don't remember any of the details of it. I, halfway through the day, I was talking to Adina today, halfway through the day, uh, a few days ago, whatever it was, started to get a really sore wrist internally from my middle knuckle all the way uh, into the wrist and then eventually all the way up the arm. And, um, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I th finally, I took a leather belt and a, and a hat, you know, like a winter hat. I wrapped a winter hat. Well, first I took the leather belt and I wrapped it around the wrist and then the thumb and then put it tight with a, uh, some duct tape. Yeah. Dr. Malcolm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, anyway, so I, um, I put that belt on and then by the, you know, halfway through the day, it's starting to hurt. It's a very hardcore leather belt. And, um, so I put a, a winter hat underneath it and wrapped it. And after a few days, it started, or a couple of days, it started to, to feel better. And I said to Dina, man, what the hell happened? How do you get what seemed like a sprained wrist, but it's actually, uh, tendons all the way through, and I know what tendonitis is. I know what it's like to have all kinds of different things go wrong with the wrist. This was really hardcore, 
And so I've moved into a different version of myself or something happened and uh, something was done to the inside of my wrist and then I end up with the pain. Anyway, it's mostly gone now after keeping the wrist straight. For And I, it was just intuition. I didn't know what the hell to do with it because I didn't know what I did to it. If I knew what I did to it, I'd know how to handle it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I treated it and I took it off today because we got the boot out of the campground. And and honest to God, that that uh, what is it? The Wheatland Wheatland town? I don't know what it is. Anyway, I keep saying that, but they just didn't give a shit. No compassion, no wisdom, no integrity. Not letting anybody know, and then giving me the bullshit excuse that they can't afford to clean the washrooms anymore. Seeing the trucks go in and out, how can they not afford it? So it's the squeeze, right? It's the squeeze to get people. Um, I don't know, out of, I, I don't, you know what I mean? To just get people to not have anywhere to go. It's a squeeze of those who are sort of dark uh, mentality to put the squeeze on those who are um, lighter mentality or, you know, a higher vibe mentality. But this time was different. My response was entirely different. I didn't waste my time arguing with them. I didn't give them any sort of hardcore what I would have typically given them. Uh, as far as a conversation and argument and logic, I, uh, I wasn't afraid of the future here, even though there's nowhere to go. It hit us um, that what would happen if we did get the boot, and I mentioned before, is I would be going without resistance. We would get a hotel. We would get a hotel long enough to find something, a place to stay, which essentially can no longer be a van in Canada because there's no place to park a camper, a camper van, except in a, you know the very sort of expensive campgrounds. So we're going to look for a boat. And we're going to anchor offshore so we can fucking park somewhere where a little girl and a husband and a wife can get their shit together in, in a version of reality where, you know, there's just so many people that don't give a rat's ass about their community or their neighbors or anybody but themselves. And they're lost in fear. You know, we came into the hotel and there's somebody standing there with a mask on and Julia, she doesn't pay any attention and she, she's walking around and the person starts to back right up, you know, afraid of uh, Julia. And so, so she's going, Daddy, I walked by and this girl, lady backed up and she points the girl there and I'm thinking, you know, don't bother pointing this stuff out. Um, and I said, yeah, I know some, and there was somebody behind me. So I said, yes, some people choose to live in fear and some people don't and we don't. And it was basically just a statement about it. Um, for anybody who is listening. So we're going to be here for a week, I guess. I don't expect to hear back from the government of Alberta. I don't think... They're so disconnected. They have different townships that decide they're not going to open up a, a campsite or whatever the hell it is. They're going to save money. Um, if they can't afford to clean outhouses, if the government or towns in Alberta can't afford to clean outhouses, are they in for a rude awakening when... Uh, when agriculture implodes in this grand solar minimum, which is very obvious by now, it must be, unless you're completely brain dead. And it's going to be very obvious when the federal government can't give them five cents, uh, five cents to the province to help uh, boost or keep the federal government offices or even uh, to, to for the province to keep their provincial governments open. It's kind of like a state, right? And uh, and it's it's just mind blowing. I mean, honest to God, it really is. What is the point? We pay for internet through cell data through the towers. We buy food. We get gas, uh, the supplies. We get whatever it is that we need. And so, but we're still an economic negative. It's and it's, so it's nothing to do with economics and has everything to do with the controlling, the flow and lockdown of the population. So, the next step is for us to find a boat. 
and there's some out there, sell the van, move on to the boat. Um, I did get an intuitive message, something's going to change now, because I, I think it was essentially, um, we get these, I don't want to call them tests, but we get these opportunities to choose how we're going to respond to reality. And this was the first time that I chose to respond uh, naturally, not in fear, and not even in anger, and not really giving a shit. Uh, about what's moving forward because this is now a period of time where I understand that I want to step back in and do something with my life. I'm done healing. I seem to be balanced. I'm not angry. There isn't a single person out there in the government who is locked into 3D that will have any influence over me or my family. The, um, the realities have diverged quite a bit quite a bit that if people can't even see the van anymore. And I've been through this before. I went through this at the first massive shift in uh, in June of 2016 when my friend couldn't see our truck or us, uh, when other people just didn't seem to notice us there. I, and at that same time, I was having conversations with people who were aware of accidents, car accidents, happening in the same spot over and over again as though there was some kind of... Um, some kind of... Uh, anomaly or um, time, you know, distortion or something in a place where people couldn't see other people, something like that. Or maybe there's some sort of, it doesn't matter. The point being is we're seeing more and more of it. There's a couple of people who made comments about noticing uh, stars sort of disappearing, fading, and uh, roof lines in their, you know, in their view changing, that these sort of skyline roof line. Um, I've noticed things, but I see things all the time, so I don't pay a lot of attention anymore. Um, nothing sort of surprising, so I don't sort of, nothing was notable. It was nice to get the buckets off the wheels of the van. We didn't, never did get a mouse problem, so potentially it worked, but we also had the, um, the mint, um, 100%, what do you call it? I don't know, mint spray. I don't know. It's, uh, peppermint. That's what it is. And, um, when I came back in, you know, Walmart was still had the COVID arrows and lines and the masks. When I talked to the government in Alberta, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just really, you know, I studied environmental science at the university, through the University of Alberta, uh, law, marketing, real estate, land management. I said, you know, this is com- this is just bullshit. This is not a pandemic. It, has, it doesn't qualify in any way, shape or form as a pandemic. And yet you are allowing the federal government to crush the local economy and ensure there's no place for even people like me to park. And you don't have socialist housing available for five years anywhere. So just exactly what is what are people supposed to do? Are you thinking they're not going to rise up across Canada and start throwing the government overboard and taking back control? Because it's coming. You know what I mean? Like it's coming. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not reliant on the government and I definitely, I don't give a rat's ass if, if I ever hear back from them. And I will get a boat and we will buy an anchor and we will anchor offshore and we will come in for supplies and I will carry on doing healing from the boat and uh, communicating with people I don't think that I'm going to function. I mean, if I was a government worker and I was aware of what's going on, I couldn't fake it. I could not fake my way through the day. I would not be able to hold a straight face and start um, uh, holding down the fort with the idea that there really is a pandemic going on. I wouldn't be able to tell people basically nothing. I'm sorry, we don't have an answer for you. I'll have to find somebody who's a little bit more intelligent. Let's go higher up the brainwashed 3D ladder and come up with a solution for you. So obviously we didn't wait around and we never heard back. Um, I think it was just, again, an opportunity to see how I'd respond to it. So it looks like we're going to head back to BC. Definitely can't sail in Alberta. 
Um, it's one of those days where it's easy to make that decision. It's gray and blistery and cold and whatever, rainy, apparently with some ice pellets or something or possible ice pellets. So, um, yeah, I guess that's going to be probably a 29 or 30-foot boat, solar panel. Um, I'm going to leave the van intact and sell it as is, I think. For somebody, it's going to be um, well worth it because it's, you know, everything's sort of done and fixed and proven for itself. Um, and uh, and I used to sail, but, you know, it's just a smaller boat, a little one, like a wind servers and the little dinghy-type boats with a sail in it. And they're, they're easy to sail. Sailboat's not going to be that difficult. Probably have some learning to do. And... Um, we can all swim very well if anything happens. And I don't know. I'll have to do a little bit of research. If storm blows in, I guess we'll have to come into shore. Although I am aware, psychically, uh, warnings that we are looking at hardcore wind and water events that will be hitting the coast of the coastlines and probably water and flooding. And I've had uh, somebody was talking about flooding in the comments, and I've had flooding. Um, synchronicities in Alberta and in vision dream type stuff. So it's hard to say what will happen there. Um, the information we got about uprisings, uh, was specifically, let's say, in Romania, but across Europe, uh, Adina keeps seeing the Romanian flag colors over and over again, it's probably speeding up. So we may see something to do with uprisings in Europe here fairly soon, bigger uprisings. I mean... I'm not sure that France could uprise anymore. I mean, the media never covers it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's on fire and uh, their leader is probably going to need a fucking helicopter and a new planet if he's going to survive what's coming because these leaders are going to be in trouble. Once the people wake up, there'll be no place to live, no place to hide. Mainstream media, they'll just have to abandon the buildings because I think people will burn them to the ground once they find out what the mainstream media truly is and what it's been doing. Anyway, there we have it. Uh, there is no place to go. There is no socialist housing uh, available. There is no qualifying for COVID relief. There is no nothing. There's not even a legal place to park unless I can hoist the van in the air under um, federal regulation air space. You know what I mean? And probably still have trouble with some sort of 3D neighbor complaining about the view or whatever. So there's not a whole lot to do. I could go into a high-end campground, but I'm sort of tired of campgrounds. If I'm going to pay, you know, um, whatever the hell it is, $1,200 a month or $1,500 a month, I probably don't want to be in a van. I probably want to go back into reality and start uh, working in, in, some, in one field or another. Here's another thing I wanted to say. When you get to the point where you are healed, where you are balanced, and you face your hardcore fear, I just faced mine, and that is... Exactly the worst nightmare. You have no place to go. There's no legal place for you to sort of rest. The money you have is going to run out. You're in the middle of a lockdown. There is no stepping back into mainstream reality to do or be anything. You are essentially, um, how come I can't remember that now? Catch 22'd, if you remember that. Catch 22. Absolutely and totally 100% fucked. But I'm not afraid of it at all. And my intuition uh, information told me, like I said, something's going to change. Now, because I was able to face that fear, my worst case outcome nightmare of having invested in this journey to heal, to share the information and uh, share epiphanies and insight and sort of walk the walk as we go through this, um, to turn into essentially one 
bigger one brick wall after another getting thicker and bigger and um, less uh, you know just unable to navigate it except to um, I I don't know except for you know inevitable hardcore homelessness or whatever which doesn't scare me because it'll never happen I'll never let that happen but when you can face that fear and you don't flinch you're like fuck you you're not getting me man there's nothing that I cannot deal with here anymore I'm there now you're ready to go back into the real world if you want to call it that to choose what it is you're going to do to make it happen you're not asking for favors you're there with your energy your insight knowledge foresight wisdom intuition compassion and um basically god's helping hand carrying your toolkit with you you are bringing everything to the party you decide what you want, where you're going to work, how it's going to work out. Uh, you don't have to worry about it because this is the point in time where you really step into the unknown. You truly trust everything will be exactly as it needs to be. And you enjoy yourself every last minute of it. The old me would have, I don't know, found the nearest Walmart that would possibly be able to, uh, you know, crash for a night and figure things out. The new me went to a hotel and booked a week, booked a night and then a week tomorrow, and then started looking for a boat, even knowing what it's going to cost, uh, and having to go through the process of selling the van. So what I'm saying is I'm not afraid of every next move. I'm not afraid of how it's going to turn out. I'm not afraid. And I'll go back to this. Once you face that fear and you're not afraid and you understand who you are, the power that you have, the abilities that you have, and the value that you have, then the game is over. You finished your journey, you're healed, you're balanced, and reality now reflects who you are. The only thing that might stand in your way, potentially, were the are the echoes from the shit that was going on before. It's a paper tiger. Step through it, walk through it. You don't need to fight anymore. You don't need to resist anymore. You don't need to convince anybody of anything anymore. You create your life exactly the way you want it to be. And you will shift in reality to versions of it that will support you where you should be and usher you gently one way or the other uh, if you're not meant to be there. And my intuition is telling me that I just, you know, it wouldn't matter how much money I had, I don't want to be owned by a fucking New World Order government. Not now, not ever. I do not want to be in socialist housing. I do not want to be paying half of everything that I earn to the government that treats me like shit and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more corrupt every day. So I want to be on a boat. I want to be anchored offshore. I don't want to be paying taxes. What I find absolutely absurd, considering I know I have First Nation ancestry from my own psychic insights from past life. Part of the journey was to visit one of those sites. Because I know that, I remember the First Nation saying, I mean, it's just the ridiculousness of owning land. And who's the biggest landowner on the planet? If it's not the queen, it's definitely the government of Canada for Canada. You know what I mean? Like the, those who own the land have made it impossible for me to park a fucking van somewhere with a wife and daughter. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't It's pathetic. It has taken our freedom away entirely. And that's why it's imploding. It's completely and totally out of integrity. So we're going to see things fall apart very soon. Because in the frequency I'm in, in my reality, my journey is complete. I don't have any fear. 
and not worried about stepping forward. And I don't need any fucking phone calls back from any government telling me how they're going to help me along or how they're going to solve my problem. I solve my problems. They deal with the aftermath of the stupidity that they put in place because they don't even have the money to keep their systems going anymore. They're so big, they're so bloated, and they're so broke from everything that's going on that they just won't be able to sustain themselves unless they choose to go find a new way to print money and not be responsible or accountable for it. The game is over. The federal government has turned itself into something that is no longer sustainable. And that's, this is what I see imploding across Canada. I see provincial governments stepping back in in integrity, and I see the manipulation and the money and the bribery and the fucking threats coming out of Ottawa fading away overnight. And those left in the provinces who have been screwing Canadians over will be left holding the bag and having to explain away the bullshit. And they won't be able to do that. And they will be unemployed. And so those who stood in the way of me being able to park the van, who closed down the last place I could find to park for free, even though it still cost about a thousand and change to live, I was spending in Alberta. Those who have done that are going to find themselves unemployed very shortly in the same fucking boat I was in, except they're going to be immersed in fear and torment, and they're going to have to figure out how to deal with their lives. And they're fully responsible for that, except the thing is, I won't be in their reality, and neither will you. They are going to have to fix everything from the ground up, except that they're going to be in a ball of corruption and fear, slave mentality, and... Uh, yeah, essentially a lot of hopelessness. And it's not that I'm wishing it on them. I'm just really fucking glad I'm out of it. I'm really glad I'm out of it. And that's where it is today. So, yes, the divergence is further apart. I'm absolutely certain people did not see us out there. I could get angry at the idea that biologists had no respect, no integrity, no compassion to come and knock on the door just to say, hey, we're locking up the bathrooms, you'll have to move on or something, that just to sort of go over, do it, and take off like a couple of cowards. I could think that, but I know by law aren't cowards. they got the law on their side. They just probably really did not even notice us there. That's the way reality works. Their frequency of consciousness is from X hertz to X hertz, and I'm just mostly not sharing. I'm not in the frequency that they're in or some subset within that, um, within that frequency, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I just I don't want to get into the metaphysics of it now. But uh, let's say a polarity that separates the frequencies. Um, that's where we're at. Where am I at? 26 minutes. Isn't that spectacular? What does it take to take a country and turn it into a pretzel, a really messy pretzel, hand the control of the shape of that pretzel over to not even it's not even the united nations it's a bunch of super rich people that manipulate the united nations you know what i mean like it's just a fucking there's just nothing these people don't have any loyalty to anything except their power it's just spooky thank god this happened that we woke up that this, the divergence went on and that we were aware enough to let go of the fear but what does it take to do that man just how fucking i'm swearing a lot just how messed up is humanity when it has no soul. Listen, I was going to mention something else. I know the people who go through this, they go have, you know, essentially felt they were, they had a sort of a case of bipolar depression or high, sort of strung out, high emotions versus the, the sociopath CEO that 
you know, could stand there and have a normal conversation if his fucking head was on fire. No emotions. I believe we, we have to get in control of our emotions. And I'm not saying the 3D people don't have emotions, but there is a correlation between the intensity of emotions and your frequency, core frequency, as an empath, as a compassionate human being, and one who's multidimensionally aware. Um, and it took a lot of work. It seems as though, I mean, we had to go through all of these different lifetimes and experiences to develop empathy and compassion for others. But then it seemed we, you know, our emotions get to, they're sort of weighed down with all these hardcore experiences for many lifetimes, sort of tweaked and pushed and pulled and weighed down and, and screaming in some cases, you know, you just sort of trigger points. And then the awakening ramps all that up to bring it all to the surface over a period of decades. It's not just like a few years, it's over decades so that you can have it in the light of your consciousness, face it and make conscious decisions as to where you want to go with it. You know, when you struggle, hide it, bury it, drug it, um, align your whole life is molded around it, your career, your friends, your family, your boss, your coworkers, the way you interact with everything is being entirely shaped by the impact of, of spiritual awakening that takes a lifetime. And so you, you, you end up having to become someone who can control their emotions, who can balance them like a, like Spock. You know what I mean? And it makes me think because Gene Roddenberry had a whole lot of insight obviously having memories from past life uh, experiences as intergalactic beings at some point or at some frequency. It's absolutely incredible the work that we've done, that you've done, I've done, the experiences we've gone through, the shift, the divergence, the trying to understand a new reality, a new paradigm. Only the, I, man, you'd have to be tough as nails to choose this job. Sure, give me that job description again. I'm on. I'm coming in. What's the pay? Nothing. Nothing. Put me in there anyway. I'm a psycho. That's, it's just, it's just, it demands every ounce of everything you have to give in the face and of those who don't give a rat's ass about why you're here and what you're doing. They're just so fucking self-absorbed. They can't get past their own limited perspective of reality that's been programmed. I mean, it's just bizarre. You know, when you think about the people you talk about in mainstream media, I mean, that uh, the people you talk with who, who get their fucking opinion from mainstream media, the only thing I want to say to them is, do you have an opinion of your own? Have you ever, ever had a, an experience of interacting with that which you're judging? Or do you just simply take your opinion from the mainstream media. Here you go, drone. Here's your opinion for the day. This will be courtesy of CNN, brought to you by whatever. It's bizarre. Just how fucking stupid you have to be to take your opinion from the mainstream media that makes money from drama and bullshit and gets paid by the billionaires to spin their stories and their investments and to spin the politics. Just how fucking stupid do you have to be? Honest to God, I would love to stand up in front of a group of people who are brainwashed by the mainstream media and ask them that question. Because I did it. 
I stood up, and it was not easy to do in front of third-year environmental uh, science students at UConn College taking the program through the University of Alberta, and I straight out asked, how many students here read a climate science book? Not a single fucking student could give me the name of a book. Oh, I read one. I said, what was the name of it? Oh, I don't remember. Well, let me tell you this. You'd fucking remember the name of a climate science book because if anything, you read one, the first three pages of it. Or maybe you got through the whole book, but you wouldn't forget it because it would be an ego star on your chest. I read this. I didn't ask, but already knew, how many people watched Al Gore's propaganda show? An Inconvenient Truth. Everybody would have had their hands up, and that's the problem. They got their opinion from a politician, not a scientist, but a politician who got his marching orders from the United Nations. And I've had enough of it. And I would love to be able to have these conversations with people. And I did. I did with doctors. I did with people who worked with Greenpeace. I did with all kinds of different people over the years have these conversations. And some of them felt there was some truth to what I was saying. And most of them, they just couldn't get past the opinion that they were given. Thank you, Master. Thank you for my opinion. It really does help. It gives me a good, clean paycheck from my college and university. It gives, makes, lets me be respected by the students that I'm here to brainwash. Bizarre. Anyway, what was the expression, God hates a coward? <laughs> Understanding who God is now. It's not that God hates a coward. God knows that being a coward keeps you asleep. You have to step up for your inner truth because you're part of the collective. The students that I asked that question to, who went ballistic, and the teacher had to shut everything down and bring in the head scientist of the Yukon environmental science government to placate the students and put them back in their brainwashed bubbles, as I so eloquently said to the teacher. What am I getting at? I miss, I'm going to lose what I'm going to say. Fuck it, it doesn't matter. I'm on a rant, and that's what it is. But oh yeah, don't be a coward. So yes, you... You must, we must embody our inner truth and we must get over the fear and stand up for what we truly believe is best for the collective because the students in that class have spirit as I do within me. I'm the spirit, I'm the human. And when I'm speaking to them, I'm speaking to me through them, through their filter, the human being filter. Just as they are communicating with me, it's me communicating with me. I'm you, you're me. It's the oneness. All we have to do is bring it into harmony and unity, and we and we have that 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 telepathy, the oneness, the compassion, that kind of thing. Um, and so it's not that I'm going to be hateful. It's very frustrating. Something I learned early on: that hate, that hardcore screw you, hate, turns into um, disappointment. Turns into it turns into fuck it. That's what it turns into. I just somebody else said it well in the comments in, in the last video. It's just not worth it to try to help convince or open up anybody's eyes. See ya. Enjoy 3D. That's it. You got every ounce out of me. You got everything, and you ended up with nothing. That must tell you something. But unfortunately, I won't be in your reality when you figure it out. We'll be gone. And this is why the master or the teacher does not attach to the student. Although the teacher and the student are one and the same, but you know what I mean. We don't attach. We live by example. We show compassion, 
and we show passion and compassion and the fact that we believe in ourselves and self-worth and all the things that we have learned to be true, empowering, and beneficial to the entire collective. We live by that example and that is it. There's nothing to teach and there's nothing to convince. Everybody's going to learn their lessons their own way, by their own free choice, on their own time, in their own frequency. And we're all going to get back to where we came from. But I don't think we're in a rush, are we? I mean, it's all about experience and expanding consciousness. So let me leave it with this. When you can face the fear, the one that dogs us through this entire awakening, maybe you just get to the point of frustration. But I can tell you this. It's not just frustration. It is an energetic alignment of who you are. And where the planets are, I get it. And maybe you're purging or maybe you're not. Or maybe it's a lull or maybe it's whatever. But the point is that you get closer and closer and closer to being fearless about reality. Because you get to the point where, man, if you can't legally live, in this case, metaphorically live or metaphorically, you know what I mean, with the van. Like if you if you get to the point where you have to park your van off the fucking ground in order to be legal then you don't have anything to lose anymore. And you don't have anything to fear anymore. Now it's so absurd, it just doesn't matter. So we're going to take what we have left. We're going to sell what we have. We're going to get a boat. We're going to anchor it in the water. And we're going to carry on and see what happens. And spirit or me or higher self or whatever will continue to guide us. If we're not meant to get a boat, something will come up. In the meantime, uh, we are coming into the hardcore winds of the storm. Um, They are blowing hardcore uh, in different areas and there are uprisings and there are big changes and there will be some big catalysts and variables coming, including natural weather events and earth events that are going to drive communities together. Um, and, and I will say, okay, this is the last thing, as I was saying to Adina, um, it won't matter whether you step back in now or a year from now. What this is, is a permanent change of what reality used to be. It's going to continue for years to explode from the inside out. In other words, it's going to collapse and rise up at the same time. The old is going to continue to collapse for years. The new is going to continue to rise up for years. So don't let the lockdown, COVID, fucking government, new world order bullshit hold you back when it's time to move forward. You will have what you need when you decide it's time for you. I do feel like this is a lot, essentially a time, a vacation for lightworkers. Take it easy. It is the storm. It is coming. You're getting aligned to the eye of the storm. And as somebody else said, who is uh, part of a sort of healing today, um, the way we're healing is different. And I think we're aware of this too. The frequencies of reality have changed. The electromagnetic frequencies that impact our solar system, our consciousness, our experience of reality, the energy of everything, the electromagnetic frequencies, patterns are changing, which means our abilities change, our DNA changes. Uh, In other words, it vibes up, it becomes more active, more stuff's released, more gifts come online, more intuitive abilities, more abilities in general, psychic, uh, telepathic, uh, inner guidance, which means the you know the further implosion of hierarchical systems and all that bullshit. So our abilities to heal, how we heal, the techniques we use, everything is going to change. When I was doing these healing sessions, rather than getting sort of frustrated, not being able to push energy forward, 
and to see how it would flow through somebody so I could give them the feedback as to what it was doing, what it probably meant, what my intuition was telling me. The only thing I could do was sit with people and be balanced. And it was an intuitive push to do that. Just sit, be balanced, love them, hold a high vibe. And that was it. There was nothing more a person could do. That's what the masters did when they healed. They weren't pulling out the magic wand and sending energy. They held love, balance, and people sat with them. And their field, Merkava, consciousness was impacted by that. Vibed them up and the body began to heal. The, the, the geometric light patterns of multidimensional energy, which gives rise to the physical, the physicality of the physical cell, that gives us life, the electromagnetic flow, that gives us life, um, is shaped by multidimensional geometric patterns, multidimensional light. It shapes the physical being that we are, and it's impacted. It's our consciousness has its own multidimensional light. And if one can hold their multidimensional light in clean geometric patterns, then you can have that impact on another's geometric patterns, like like a string on a guitar vibrating, and then it vibrates another guitar. Your frequency, with the permission of the person you're healing, is letting go. They're letting go, and they're allowing your frequency to influence their frequency. In other words, they stop strumming their strings so they can vibrate to yours. And when that happens, they come into a higher frequency. They, they have to trust. They have to let go. They have to give permission. It's free choice. And so we heal by sitting with people. And this is what we're going to do in the future as light workers and masters. It's not so much about teaching and driving shit home and explaining how we should do this, that, or the other thing. I mean, they got us in a lot of trouble in the first place. I think it's just to, I don't know, you know, once we break free from the hardcore drones uh, so they can finish, you know, growing up a little bit more, I think we'll be able to just sort of live our lives, lead by example. We don't all have to be channelers, psychics, and healers. We just have to be fucking balanced and compassionate people doing what we do. I'm not even sure that I want to do all of the sort of psychic stuff. I've learned it. I love it. It's great. And I love sharing everything I've learned. But maybe I just want to sail a boat. You know what I mean? Maybe I just want to teach my daughter homeschooler. She loves law. love teaching it to her. She's going to be a great whatever she's going to be, a judge, or maybe just take that experience with her to be the best whatever she's going to be, integrity, intelligent, able to take care of herself when it comes to corrupt judges or lawyers or bullshit. She'll know her rights, and she'll shape the future rights, and she'll know it's right. You know, And this is important. Maybe the light worker... Um, stuff that we can do starts at home just like charity. It has to be simple. It cannot be complicated. It cannot be the weight of the world. It has to be high vibe. It has to be joy. Yet we have to come into harmony with a frequency that essentially is above the veil. The veil is just a frequency. It's like a fan. If you can get yourself in the same frequency as a fan, you can walk through it. If you can get yourself into the same frequency on a subatomic level, you could walk through a wall, you know, because it's all empty space anyway. But the point being is we have to be high vibe, which means we have to follow passion. We have to be in our inner truth. We have to be unafraid. We have to be in compassion for others. We have to be these things in order to be in this paradigm that takes us to peace 
intergalactic exploration family, the best, the highest potentials of humanity. We have to be in that, so we cannot take the weight of the world on us anymore. Enjoy your vacation, because I'm at the end, and so are you. That's it. The divergence is physically being seen. I see it, experience it. So are you, some of you, for sure. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. We're not all meant to see this. Some are meant to experience in different ways. There's some hardcore, beautiful, amazing channelers out there that do things differently. I put pieces of the puzzle together. I see things, I observe, I have the time. I've spent my whole life trying to figure stuff out. So I have a schema, mental ability to be able to figure shit out. And maybe my ability is to be able to discern the truth. I can see the bullshit a mile away. I've always been able to see it. Fake, fake, fake. It's so easy to spot. And we're as we bring our vibe up, we can experience that as well. You'll never be fooled, but you have to stay with yourself, inner side. So knowing where we're going, harmony inside, we'll cover it all, like I said before. Find harmony inside, because whatever doesn't align with you authentically will take you out of harmony. You're going to have to just go with the inner truth. That will force you to deal with a lot of the fear, and that will get to the point of being fearless, and then you will step back out and become that community leader. But rest assured, and you'll be fine, we will face that fear hardcore face on. Because that's the only way to move into a higher frequency. We just can't be afraid anymore. It's probably why a lot of us ended up alone. You just couldn't take somebody through this journey. They just couldn't go with you. They wouldn't fit through the first needle. They wouldn't fit through the fucking sewing box. We had to go through all of this. Once we get to the other side, then you will have the partnerships and love and relationships and things. If you don't have them now, you'll have them. You'll have them soon. We all will. And it'll be amazing. And you will be in a vibe that's protected from all the bullshit out there. It's just the nature of the physics of reality and physics of consciousness. It's probably getting too long. I'm going to leave it there. So have fun. Take care. We are safe. We are sound. And I'm going to go have a shower. I haven't had one for like two weeks or something like that. I have used wipes and stuff. Uh, But uh, that's just not the same, is it? I get to shave. and Yeah, it's going to be awesome. The girls have already done it. I guess Julia still has to go. Uh, but she's too busy playing whatever she's playing. She got a day off from law today because, and she's smiling right now. I can see her eyes. Yes, daddy. Law had a tongue. I get in the tongue now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Another one. So she's totally happy. <laughs> she's laughing. Now. She's totally happy that we got the boot because now she's in a hotel, which she loves. And uh, it's endless internet, endless YouTube, endless Roblox. Uh, frozen spaghetti dinners from Walmart, or no, I guess it's pasta now. That's her favorite. Fettuccine Alfredo. And uh, me, I don't know. I just want some ice, cold water, shower, and I'm done. And we're done with this road trip. I'm done with campgrounds. I'm done with parking lots. I'm done with all that shit. We are either going to have something come in, which is, like I said, an intuitive message that came to me. Everything's going to change now. We responded properly to the, the great big fear thing. I didn't go on the attack. I just didn't resist, and I hit the road for the most part, minus a couple of phone calls to express my perspective. And now we're going to um, we're going to look for a boat. I just don't know what else to do. The government has made it so that I shouldn't park a van on anybody's land anywhere. Queensland, their land. I can move every two weeks, but I need a bathroom. You know, I mean, we need something like that. We have, we just, we need some semblance of life that makes sense. So there we go. I guess I just don't want to hang up, do I? There's nothing left to say. Take care. Sending love. Um, everything is changing. Don't be, uh, yeah, just don't hold yourself back and I'll talk to you later.